Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said this morning that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said this morning that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing, obey. Amen. Ringing in the new year it took on a new significance this year, didn't it? It meant looking back on a year that was and bidding it an abrupt adieu. Has there ever been a year we were more ready to see the ball drop and sing Old Lang Syne? I was so ready that I fell asleep at 8.30. This is what you do on New Year's. Before this year, we gathered in large groups and, and made merry and ate heartily and let the happenings from Times Square blather on as background noise. This year, all we had was pictures of those parties, last year's parties, to remind us of what was and how ringing in the new year is supposed to go. Somehow on this New Year's, I happened upon a picture from last year's celebration. I bet some of you have pictures like that. And when I saw my wife and I standing there on the front step of 2020, all I could think was, you innocent little things, aren't you cute? Enjoy the next couple of months because the world is about to change for a long time. Had I known that day what I know today, had I known, well, I would have made some heavy investments in Zoom, Amazon, and Pfizer. Had I known I would have stocked up on masks and toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Had I known, I would have figured out how to get back to Maine to see family. What would you have done had you known? Would you have made that visit to see a relative? Would you have gone to the game or concert or event instead of saying, and ah, next time? Would you have, and I don't mean this with any intent to make anyone feel guilty, but would you have made more time for being in this church sanctuary or any church sanctuary with people to search for meaning to find purpose, to be guided in this life together. This is what Anna was doing day in and day out. The old prophetess, in fact, never left the temple. She had been a widow for a very long time and now was deep into old age. 
I imagine that the people that knew her, that recognized her, shook their heads at her. The poor woman, she never leaves. She could have had a life. She could have found another person to love, another thing to do. Why doesn't she take up a hobby? Why doesn't she enroll in a class? Why does this mean so much to her? And yet, she went on and on, fasting and praying. That's what she did. That's what she was known for. And she is known to us and the rest of them. Anyone that might have shaken their heads in pity or in scorn, they are not. She is known to us. What are you known for? Is it what you look like? Who you know, what you sell, how you act? Will it matter? Any of it? Will what you are known for matter in the end? What are we known for? What is our church known for? Will it matter? Any of it? Will what we are known for matter in the end? Because what, what Anna was known for mattered. It mattered because when the time came, she met Jesus. She met Jesus with a full and open heart. She met Jesus and she held him. She held love, the embodiment of love. She held it in her hands. And now we know her name, Anna. Anna the prophet. The daughter of Penuel from the tribe of Asher. We meet very few widows in the Bible. And when we meet them, we don't usually even get their names. And when we get their names, we certainly don't know and aren't given their profession. And then we almost never know where they came from, but we know all of this about Anna. Because when Jesus came, she was ready to meet him with everything she was. And then do you know what they were saying? Anyone that wondered about her, the ones we don't know, do you know what they were saying? The same thing many of us would have been saying. Had I known, had I known, I would have been in the temple with her day in and day out. Had I known, I would have had my heart ready, fasting and praying, forgiving my enemies, offering myself and my belongings. Had I known, I would have spent my time differently. I would have been a better listener to those that were heartbroken. I would have been more determined for the poor. I would have shaken off my inhibitions for serving, for sharing, for singing, and for storytelling. I would have, as Dr. King put it, used time creatively in the knowledge that the time is always right to do right. 
Had I known, I would have stood more solidly with those like Dr. King who forcefully renounced the evil of racism and anti-Semitism, violence and greed, evil that still lurks. Had I known, I would have been, I would have been right there with her, right beside her. The next one to touch with my own hands, those swaddling clothes, the same ones that warmed him in the manger, had I known. All throughout this difficult time, I've been thinking about how we will look back on this. I have invited you to join me in that exercise. In my first sermon after the start of the pandemic nine months ago, I shared the story of a couple that had their entire wedding upended the previous day. And I said, they will look back on this. And we are right now writing the story of what they will see. The story that they will tell their grandchildren about this moment in life. And I hope that the story they tell will be about a community that took on less of the arrogance of the ones at the foot of the cross and more of the selflessness of the one who hangs from it. In my Christmas Eve sermon, just a few weeks ago, I said, one day our children will look back on this Christmas. And one day, maybe they will tell the story of this Christmas to their own children. When I was your age, they might say, there was a great storm but it didn't break us. No, we got through it. I wanna keep reminding us that there will be a time to look back and consider how we feel about ourselves and God afterward. But it is also upon us to look forward. It is upon the church and always has been to be looking forward and helping the world to do the same. Because it is true. We will all face the moment that Anna faced. The moment of meeting Jesus. And I don't want to be so consumed with shame, with worry, with fear. I don't want my first words to Jesus, standing before his glory on that great someday, to be, had I known. Some people are going to be saying that, I promise you. Maybe I will be too. But I want to be like Anna. I want to be ready to meet him with everything I am. And I want the same for you. And don't we want the same for everyone? Had I known we would be where we are today, I would have done a lot of things differently in January and February of 2020. Taken in a movie, gone to a concert, caught a game. I have so missed the chance to go to a game. I know a lot of people who, like me, were so starved for sports that the early release of the Michael Jordan documentary, 
The Last Dance was one of the great gifts of the stay-at-home season last spring. The 10-part series offered a backstage pass into Michael Jordan's career with, with special focus on his last season with the Chicago Bulls. There was one story in particular that made me appreciate his game more than I did before. It was in the NBA Finals of that 1996 season. The Bulls were playing Karl Malone's Utah Jazz. And with 28 seconds left in the game and the score tied at 86, the Bulls called the timeout to set up a final play. And the whole world knew that the ball would be going to Jordan. But Jordan knew something else. He knew that Utah's John Stockton would leave Steve Kerr to help defend. And so he leaned over to Kerr and told him, this is your chance. And when the pass came to him, when the pass came to Kerr, he wasn't surprised. No, his feet were set. And the ball went in and the championship was won. Later in the victory parade, Kerr would joke, when we went into the huddle, Phil Jackson told Michael, Michael, I want you to take the last shot. And Michael said, I'm not real comfortable in these situations. And Scottie Pippen said, why don't we go to Steve? And I thought to myself, I guess I have to bail Michael out again. But everyone, Michael, Scotty, Phil, they laughed with the thousands of faithful fans gathered for that celebration in Chicago. Gathered because his shot went in. And he didn't have to say to reporters and to fans and to Phil and to Michael, had I known, had I known the ball was coming to me, I would have been ready. And he didn't have to say that because someone, someone who knew what was coming, let him know what was coming. When the church is at its best, this is what it does. It bears witness to what life looked like, what life looks like when a community knows what is coming. When a community knows what Anna knew. When a community knows that there will be a moment for all of us to look Jesus in the eye and point to how we lived out Matthew 25, feeding the hungry and welcoming the stranger and looking after the sick. When a community knows that others need some notice to get their feet set for the chance to have a shining moment. It might be that in these in-between days, we have spent some time musing about what next year's Thanksgiving pictures and Christmas pictures and New Year's pictures will look like. Now, for the life of me, I hope that there will be living rooms full of smiling friends and family. But today, as we gaze at this picture of the prophetess Anna, I want you to consider what another picture will look like. The one taken on the first new year of all eternity. The one where we meet him like she did. We meet him just like we have always known. His arms will be wide open for us. May ours be open for him, too. Amen.